The third chapter of Hilchah's Tain Venitin, the laws regarding a plaintiff and defendant. Today's chapter, Perek Shlishi, as well as, as the next two chapters, deals with the laws of a Maidib Amixus, a person who partially admits to the claim against him. Today's chapter contains 15 halachas. Perek Shlishi, the third chapter, Halacha Aleph. As we mentioned previously, the Maidib Amixus, a person who is accused of owing a certain amount of money, and admits that he doesn't know the full amount he's accused of, only part of it. This is one of the three cases in which a person must take a biblically ordained oath. Now the Raman will describe when it is that he must take this oath by Torah decree. Halacha Aleph. Ein meide b'miktas chayev shvua min ha-teira ache yeide b'pruta o-yeser v'yichva b'shtey mon kesef o-yeser. He is only required to take the biblically ordained oath until the part that he admits to is at least a pruta, a small coin, or more than that. And the part that is the, he is denying is an amount of two ma, a certain coin worth of silver or more. Fakamahi pruta, how much is a pruta worth? Mishkochatsi se'eda shal kesef noki. It's the weight of a half of a barley grain in pure silver. Fakamahim shtey moin, and how much is the two ma, which, he is, which is required to be in the amount of the denial? Mishko this would be 32 barley, barley grains of pure silver. In other words, 64 prutas would be two more. So he must, deny, he must admit to one pruta and deny the amount of 64 prutas. Should it be any less, as the Rambam will explain further, there is no shvua of a meide b'miktas. Halacha base. Now that Amun will define the silver and the coins we are speaking with over here. Call kesef Omer Batera hu shekel Any time that we see the word kesef, silver, used in the Chumash, it is referring to shekel akedish, a holy shekel. What is the amount of a shekel akedish? Vuhu esri ma. This is an amount of 20 of these ma that we are referring to here. This is when it says in the Chumash. Call kesef shel divrehem. Any time that we see the sages use the word silver, this is the, uh, the coin of Jerusalem. As the Rambam will soon explain, and this was the silver maw of Yerushalayim. What are the coins they use then in Yerushalayim? Because the sela, the coin they use called a sela, was one-eighth kesef, one-eighth pure silver, and the other seven parts was copper, as the Amim explained in the third chapter of Hilchus Chayvul and Mazik. Aval hamo, he hoyesa kesef naki afilu b'Yerushalayim. He kesef shel Yerushalayim. But the ma was a pure silver even in Yerushalayim where they did not have great wealth. And this is called the kesef of Yerushalayim. Ulafisha zeh sheitzrichu liyez kfiraz hataina shtei kesef himi divrehem. And since this that in a Maitiv Amixas, that there must be the amount of two silver pieces in the amount of denial in order to make a, uh, a Torah oath. It is only Midivrayim by rabbinic decree. Therefore, also, Therefore, they also made the amount of denial to be two silver pieces of Yerushalayim, which is two more, and they did not make it two shkolim in the holy, shko, in the holy shkolim, which would mean instead of two more, would mean the amount of forty more. 
Incidentally, when the Rambam says midivrayim, the commentaries point out that the Rambam also often uses the expressions even when things are learned from the Chumash itself. However, when they are learned by the, one of the 13 principles of Torah interpretation, the Rambam refers to them as divrei seifrim or midivrayim. And so too in this case, the law that you need two silver pieces in order uh, for the amount of denial of the claim in order to have a midivrayim mixtas, or learn from the Pasuk where it says kesef oi kelim. Kelim means at least two. And kesef they learn from the Hekish comparing the word kesef with kelim also means two. However, since it's learned by one of the means of Torah interpretation, the Ramam calls it Midivrayim. This is what appears regarding the amount of denial of a claim. One must have two more of silver in order to deny the claim and have it considered to be a Midivimixus. But Rabbi Sayheiru, however, my teachers ruled, Shakfiras Hataina Humishkot Shah Esri Saidis Vachati Saida Minakesef. The amount of denial in order to reach a major mixus is nineteen and a, the amount equivalent to nineteen and a half grains of barley made out of pure silver instead of the thirty two which the Ramam said earlier. The Ramam says that I have many proofs that contradict the path of interpretation that they chose before they figured out this amount of nineteen and a half. It appears to me that their calculations were an error, and really it's not 19 and a half pieces of silver, and it's not 40 more, rather it's an amount of 2 more, or 32, the equivalent of 32 pieces of barley in pure silver. Halacha Gimel. Let's say the claim was Shtemoinu Pruta. The plaintiff says he owes him two more and one Pruta. Pruta, you will remember, is the small amount which is required to be the amount that he admits. And the two more of Kesef we just discussed in the previous halacha is the amount of the denial. So the plaintiff says, So you owe me two more and one pruta. The defendant answers, And the defendant, if he answers that I only owe you one pruta, he is required to take this oath of a maidabimixa. The one pruta he has to pay, and he must swear to deny the other shtemoy. Because in, this fits perfectly as the absolute minimum for taking a shvu of a medibimixus. He must admit to at least a pruta and must deny at least two more. Let's say, however, the defendant answers, that I only owe you two prutas. In such a case, he's putter, he's exempt. Why? Even though he has admitted to a proper amount, one pruta or more. Nevertheless, he's exempt over here. Because he admitted he is denying less than two more, since the amount were claimed against him by the uh, plaintiff was only two more and a pruta, and now he's saying he owes two more. That means he is denying two more. He he says he owes two prutas. Therefore, he is denying two more minus a pruta. So he is denying too small of an amount to be a meidemimixus. And similarly, mana libiyadcha. The plaintiff says you owe me a hundred. And he answers, that I only owe you a half a pruta. So too in this case, he's also potter, he's also exempt. Anyone that admits to less than a pruta, it's as if he didn't admit to anything at all. Therefore, he's not called a maidibimixus, so he was not really made to anything. The plaintiff claims that you owe me a hundred days. And he answers, Ain lochabiyadi elatishim. 
The defendant says, I only owe you 90. So in this case, it looks like he's partially admitting. He's admitting to the 90 and denying the 10. The 90 certainly are worth at least a pruta. Are the other 10 worth two ma of kasef? So Rayim, we investigate. If the ten that he is denying are worth two silver pieces, then he is required to take an oath. He is considered a maidimimixas because the amount he is denying is worth two more. Should it not be worth that much, then he is exempt from the oath of a maidimimixas because even though he is partially admitted and partially uh Partially opposed, the part which he is denying is less than Shtein Moin Kesef. Chamisha Shisha Guzim Yeshli Let's say the plaintiff claims that the defendant owes him five or six nuts, and he answers, Ein echad, that all I have is one. So he is admitting he owes one nut. Now the question now is, how much is this nut worth? Rain, we investigate. Im Shava Echad Pruta Nishpa. If this one nut is worth a pruta, then he's required to take an oath. Beam love, if it's so small that it's not even worth a pruta potter, then he is exempt from swearing since he did not admit to at least a sheva pruta. The king called so too any similar case. Now, however, the Ramam will, will tell us that this applies, this minimum amount of denial only applies to money. If it was kaleen vessels or objects, there is no minimum. Halakha hey. When does this apply? When we're referring to money or types of fabric or types of articles or fruits or something similar. But vessels or objects, we do not estimate their value. Even if it was ten needles for one pruta, the ton of shtemachtin, and the plaintiff claimed that the defendant owes him two needles. Even should he admit to one and deny the other, he, is, he must take an oath of the Torah. And even though we must, we said that both the, the, the defendant's claim and the, and the plaintiff's claim have a certain, uh, certain minimum. In other words, the defendant must admit to a certain amount of pruta and deny at least two more in order to take a shvudi yaraisa. Nevertheless, when you're dealing with kalim over here, it's different. Shanamar, it says in Posek, Shmeis, Chafes, Posek, Vav, speaking about Maidim and Mixas, Shanamar, Kesef, Kalim. It says, money or objects. Kola, Kalim, Kakesef. Which means any kalim, no matter what it is like, is considered like silver pieces since it has intrinsic value. Let's say, Let's say the plaintiff claims that the defendant owes him both money and objects. And the defendant admits that he owes him the objects, but denies that he owes him any money. Is this called a meidibimiksa? So we investigate. When he, when he denied that he owed money, how much did he deny? If in the amount he, den- he denies owing, it was worth two more than his chayyib, he's considered a mighty Should there not be that much, then he is exempt from swearing. Let's say it was the opposite. He admits to the money he owes, but he denies having had any kalim, any objects. In such a case, as long as there is a minimum on the amount that he is agreeing to, meaning the amount of kasef, if there's the slightest pruta, then he is required to take an oath. And we do not investigate the value of kalim as we said earlier in this halacha. Since the Pazik says kesef of kalim, once it's an object that has intrinsic value, 
Ken kol kiyesi possess so too any similar case. Halach above. Hey, the lavei dechad. I feel like kofar el pruta harizanishpa. If there was testimony of one witness against him, even if he only denied a single pruta, a tiny coin, nevertheless he must swear in order to oppose the oath of the testimony of this one witness. Because as we explained in the beginning of the first paragraph, anyone that two people would make him pay money, one person, the testimony of, of one witness, will make him take an oath. For example, the plaintiff claims that you have a pruta or, a, or a, the equivalent of a pruta in your possession. And he answers, I don't have anything. And there is one witness to support the claim of the plaintiff. Should there have been two, we would be able to collect and there would be no swearing. Should there be one, the defendant must take an oath to, to substantiate his claim that he has nothing. And so too in the oath which a guardian has to take. Even if it was only a pruta, or something the value of a single pruta, which was deposited with him, the Torn Sha'avda, and he claims that it was that it was lost, Nishpa, he must take an oath in order that he should not have to pay. Understood that this is speaking about Hashem Erchinim, an unpaid watchman, who was exempt in the case of Gneva or Veveda, theft or loss. Hashem Rasachir, a paid watchman, would be required to pay for such a claim. However, whatever is less than a pruta ain't moment. Ain't a moment. It's not even considered to be money. The ain't best in his lay. And the court does not have to worry about it. The king calling and so too, any case where someone takes an oath, and as a result of his oath ends up collecting money, they can take an oath in order to collect only from one pruta and above. Now, this is the, the minimum below which there is no such thing as an oath. Is there a certain amount that there must be for the oath in Nishboim V'naitlin? Halacha Zayin. my teachers have ruled, referring apparently to the Rimi Gash and the Rif, that someone who swears and thereafter collects does not have to be arguing or claiming the value of two silver coins, as was the case by Amei Debemektis. However, the Rambam disagrees with them. I require that the defendant must be denying two more, two silver pieces. And only thereafter do the sages administer their oath to the plaintiff, and he swears and collects the money. Because any case where we see that someone swears as a result of a doubtful claim, as the Rambam gave examples previously of uh, partners or a recent a tenant farmer, first there has to be a denial of two silver pieces, two more, and only afterwards do they take such an oath. And the Rambam compares this case here to a Nishpah that he is also in the same category of a, a rabbinically ordained oath which is similar to that of the of uh, the Torah, by holding a sacred scroll. So therefore, just as we see there, one needs Kvirish and so too over here. Allah In addition to the requirement regarding a Maidiba of partial admission, that there must be a certain amount of money involved, the Rambam now dis- begins discussing in the next few Allahs the requirement that it must be Haidami Min Hataina, that it must be similar, the admission must be similar to this which he is being claimed against. 
אין מידע במקצת חייב שבועה עד שתהיה הידויה ממין הטיינה. This partial, person who partially admits only has to take an oath when he admits to something similar that, that, which, that he has been claimed about. Kesa, for example, Kur chitim the plaintiff says that you have one kur, a certain measurement of wheat, and he answers, Ein l'cha biyodhi ala lesach chitim, that you, I only have of yours a lesach, a half a kur of chitim. In such a case, chayuf, he is re- required to swear that he has admitted in the same category, the same species that he has been claimed against. But if he answers that no, not uh, you say I have a quart of wheat, but I only have a quart of barley. In this case, Potter, he is exempt from swearing. So this that has been claimed against him, he did not admit to. And this which he has admitted has not been claimed against him. Therefore, he is not, there is no partial admission here. He is being asked one thing and he answers another thing they're completely unrelated let's say the plaintiff says that you have a dinner a certain gold piece in your possession which I deposited with you and he answers that you only deposited a, a silver piece not a gold piece a silver piece is that considered to be a partial admission because the silver piece is worth less than the gold piece or is it something different and so too, I left with you a silver maw, a golden piece, a silver piece. And he answers, No, you left with me a different coin, a pruta. In both of these cases, Potter is exempt. Since the claim was in one species and he admitted in another species. If the plaintiff says that I deposited with you ten dinar from the land of Egypt. And he answers, the defendant answers, that you only deposited with me ten dinar from the land of Tzur, a different country. Potter, he is also exempt because he has not admitted whatsoever to the claim against him. He is admitting a different type of coin. The king called was there so too any similar case. The plaintiff says, you have a large candlestick, a large menorah of mine. And he answers, No, I only have a small menorah of yours. Is this called similar to what has been claimed? Or do we say that a, a small menorah is not included in the category of a big menorah? The halacha is that he is exempt. Because there is no comparison. A big menorah is a big menorah. A small menorah is a small menorah. But if the claim of the plaintiff was that he has a menorah uh, with a with a weight or value of ten liter, and he admitted to him that he has a menorah of five liter and not of ten, this is different. He's already called the case of partial admission. Why? Because it would be possible to scrape away part of this menorah, make it thicker, and have it be half the weight. One could make it half the thickness, and it would end up being five instead of ten. And even though right now it's ten, we wouldn't think one of five would be a partial admission. Since this one is capable of becoming a, a menorah of five liter, it is called a partial admission. So too, if the plaintiff claims he has a large belt, and he answers, the defendant says, I only have a small belt, he is exempt. Because when, uh, that, uh, when was, if one cuts up a big belt, he's not going to end up with a small belt, it's going to ruin the belt. 
But if the plaintiff claims that he has a piece of material of 20 amas, and he admits to him that he has a piece, which is ten amas, in this case, he must take an oath. He is a mitzvah. Because it would be possible to take this twenty, cut it, and transform it into ten. So to any similar case. The plaintiff says, you have one quart of wheat, of mine, and the defendant answers, I only have one quart of barley. In this case, not only, like we said before, does he not have to take the oath of a Mitzvah, but Potter he is exempt even from having to pay from the barley. He said, that's as if the plaintiff said that you don't have any barley of mine. All he said is you have wheat. If he owed him barley also, he would have said you owe me wheat and barley. So it turns out our case is like a case when someone went to to the court and told another that I have one mana of yours, I have a hundred of yours. And the person answers him, no, I don't, you don't have anything of mine. In such a case where the, one person says that he owes money and the other one denies it, the court is not going to require him to give everything. The person himself is claiming that he's not owed any money. And so too in this case, when the defendant says that he owes him barley, and the plaintiff doesn't claim that he is owed barley, he claims only that he's owed wheat, it's the same thing as saying he is not owed any barley. Therefore, he cannot collect anything at all. However, should the plaintiff grab the value to compensate for the sa'idim, for the barley, which anyway the defendant says he owes, in this case we do not take it away from him, since the defendant himself said that he owes that money. One person claims against the defendant two different types, two species, and the defendant admits to one of them. This is called admitting similar to the claim, and therefore is required to take an oath. For example, the plaintiff says that you have one quart of wheat and one quart of barley in your possession. And the defendant answers, No, I don't owe you both barley and wheat. I owe you only wheat. In this case, he's required to swear he is a made to be mixer. Let's say he's chalatayin va'omar. Let's say that he was cut off in the middle of the sentence. That the plaintiff began to say, that you owe me one quarter of wheat. And before he could finish his sentence and say, not only do you owe me wheat, but you also owe me a quarter of barley. The defendant breaks in and says, No, you only owe me one quarter of, of barley. So it seems over here that he did a very clever thing. That if the, if the plaintiff claims wheat and the defendant answers barley. Then he is exempt from swearing. Over here he was going to claim both wheat and barley, but he cut in before he could get out the word barley and said that I owe you only barley, therefore hoping to be exempt. So this is up to the discretion of the judges. If it is apparent to the judges that this defendant 
acted craftily. In other words, the reason he jumped in was in order to avoid having to swear Chayiv Shvuah. It's not going to help him and the judges make him swear. However, if he did it innocently, he just broke in and said it without any particular intention, then he is exempt from swearing because it's like the plaintiff says that you owe me a core of wheat. And he says that I, he agrees. The defendant admits that he owes wheat. And then the plaintiff continues, He also owes me a core of barley. But the defendant answers that you do not owe me any barley. Is this called a maidib mixus because he admitted to the wheat and denies the barley? Or is this called a kefarakal that he, in one case he completely admitted, in the other case he completely denied? The law is harez apotter. He's considered like a kefar hakel, and therefore he is exempt from swearing. And he's not called a partial admission until the claim against him was said all at once. For example, kur chitim, kur seidim, yeshli biyotcha, yomi a kur of wheat and a kur of barley. Ba'omer lehanitim, the defendant answers him, ain lecha biyadi el kur seidim. The answer is, I, you only, that I only owe you a kur of barley. In this case, the claim against him was said at once, since he partially admitted he's a maid of mikdash and must swear. The king called Gayetze possessed so too any similar case. The plaintiff says that this which fills ten jars, ten jugs of oil, you owe me. And the defendant answers, That all I have of yours is ten jugs which are empty, which do not have any oil in it. In this case, the potter, he is exempt. Because the complaint of the plaintiff was really for the oil, because he said, This which, which fills up ten jugs of, of oil. Therefore, he is exempt, because the claim against them was oil. And all he admitted was holding clay, since they were normally clay jugs in those days. Therefore, it's not called However, if he merely said that ten kadin, ten jugs of oil you have, and he doesn't say this which fills ten jugs, and the answer of the defendant is, that you only have ten empty jugs, I only have ten empty jugs of yours, he must take an oath. Because the complaint against them was both for the jugs and for the oil in it. He didn't say, he just said, kadin shemen. And therefore, he admitted the kadin, he denied the oil, and therefore he's a made of a mixus, he must swear that he does not owe the oil. But Cain Kol Kiyetzim was that so too, any similar case. Allah Yudalit. Mona halva. The plaintiff says that you have a loan of a hundred dollars that you owe me. And the plaintiff, the defendant answers, Lo that this never happened. And furthermore, and I never borrowed anything from you. However, that I do owe you fifty dinar decoding, that I'm holding on to a deposit of yours, which you gave to me, which is worth fifty. Or because of damages, that I caused you personal damage and owe you money. So he was claimed that he owes a hundred, but he claimed that he owes it as a loan. He completely denies the, denies the loan and says that he owes fifty of some other, some other debt. 
my teacher's rule that this is always considered to be a partial admission and therefore is required to take an oath. Because the claim was that he owed a hundred and he admitted that he owes fifty. And what do we care where he's he is chayev from. What does it matter to me if he is required to pay as a result of a loan, as a result of a deposit, or as a, as a result of damages? It doesn't make any difference. The claim against him was 100, he admitted to 50. So too, my opinion leans that he should be considered a mighty mixus even though it completely denies the loan. Now the final halach of the, of the parak, halacha tesvav. We learned earlier that even in the case of Maidam Mictus, where the defendant partially admits the claim against him, if he says, Halach, the part which he admits, he gives immediately, then it is not called a Maidam Mictus. It's as if this part is one claim and he pays it off immediately, and then the claim against him he is denying completely as a Kefir Hakol, completely denying the claim, and therefore takes only a rabbinic oath as Shavuot Hesed. Mona Vakli Yeshli Biyadcha, the plaintiff claims, that the defendant is holding 100, a mana, and also a vessel, which belongs to the, the plaintiff. And the defendant answers, I only have in my possession this vessel, this utensil. And the halach, and here it is. So he gives it to him right away. This person is also exempt. And he must take a rabbinic oath that he only has this and doesn't have anything else. And let's say the one that owns this object says, that this one he gave, that we're discussing over here, this is not the vessel I lost. This is not mine. In that case, the defendant has to include in his oath, also an oath that this is the Kaylee part which belongs to the original owner. Let's say, the defendant claims that this is not his garment or his object and that it was switched with someone else's. He is required to take an oath. However, however, any place we say regarding this, that the person is potter, he is exempt. This only means that he is exempt from taking an oath by Torah decree. Nevertheless, he must take a rabbinic oath, as we described many times, that in any complaint against somebody, the one being accused must say, a rabbinic oath in order to deny this claim.